Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. Welcome to Satellite Sisters. It's Tuesday, July 22nd. I'm Leanne Dolan here in Pasadena, California. My sister Julie Dolan is back in Dallas, Texas after a weekend in New York. But Julie, we all know what July 22nd is, don't we? Yes, we do, Leanne. It's now, uh, I mean, my calendar was marked. Um, it's an epic day. It's Prince George's birthday, Leanne. <laughs> Yay! Oh, boy. When I saw those new official pictures with those striped overalls, I mean, my heart went aflutter because that is the only age that should wear overalls. And <laughs> he looked fantastic. He's he just did. adorable. He is. He is totally living up to his role. Don't you think, Liam? Yes. I yeah. mean, he is. He's cute. He's adorable. He doesn't appear to drool much, which by one, there's a lot of drooling that goes on because they tend to be teething. He's walking a bit, which is good. That's right on schedule. Um, He's certainly photogenic. I mean, he's not, uh, you know, crawling around too much. He's he's very cute, Liam. And uh, I love how they said that they were having just a low-key birthday party for Prince George, you know. (laughs) But here's the problem. Did you see the guest list? First guest on the list. The Queen of England, okay? So anytime you have a birthday party and you invite the Queen of England, it automatically ratchets it right up, don't right. you think? Man? The stakes are raised. <laughs> you can't serve watermelon on a skewer when the Queen's there. <laughs> I mean, that is, that just, it just takes it to a different level. But um, it sounded like they, you know, he had a very fine day and we wish him well and I much rather look at him than Prince Harry, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you really have like to have more coverage of Prince George, much less coverage of Prince Harry? And the good news is it's really knocked Camilla out of the royal. Ta- really, I, she's probably not. Well, I'm sure she's invited to the party, but let's hope there are no photos. Yes, I know. There's, she's no. They've really that that they've moved on from Camilla. So that's good news to all of us, Liam. Well, happy birthday, Prince George. This show is for you. I know you're listening. Uh, We have a lot coming up on the show. People have wanted to know Julie's take on what's happening in the Ukraine. She is back from her baby shower. So we're going to hear, first of all, about the baby shower and secondly, about the Ukraine. Great discussion on our Facebook group page about the gap year that never ends. Many of you weighed in on what to do with your uh, late teen, early 20 kids who don't seem to have any motivation or know what they want to do. Good advice all around. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, Julie has some restaurant trends that will make you never want to eat out again. And then finally, a mailbag. Uh, Lots of good emails and comments and posts this week. So we're going to talk about that. But first, Julie, we did miss you on Sunday. People did want to know your take on what had happened in the Ukraine. But you were hosting the cute as a button baby baby shower, which was much more important, really. Yes, it was. This was a baby shower that I was uh, co-hosting for my daughter-in-law. My daughter-in-law and son are expecting their first child at the end of August. And so we gave her um, a birthday. uh, We gave her a a baby shower. And the theme was cute 
as a button. Now, we've talked about this on a, a previous podcast about that theme. I was put in charge of the invitations. But, Leon, I have to say, we totally nailed it. Okay. The cutest <laughs> the button theme. We nailed it, Leon. <laughs> I, so we did it. We had it in a, a lovely restaurant in Brooklyn. They, they live in Brooklyn. Um, it's called EC is the name of the restaurant. Country French. It's in a brownstone. Stone, and they have an upstairs room that's very light and airy. And this is where we really went to town. We had, you know, uh, beautiful decorations. We had a big banner that said cute as a button. Um, we had little baby shoes that um, my uh, the other grandmother had put on a string. And then they were all hung up, all these different little shoes for the baby. And then, Leon, we had candies. We had cookies that were made up as buttons, of oh. course. For okay. the is the button theme. I had gotten some button garland, so we were using that to drape around the presence table. Again, the button theme is being reinforced there. Um, and then my uh, Lauren's mother went to an old-fashioned candy maker somewhere in Ohio, where they're from, and she said, we're having this baby shower, and the theme is cute as a button. Do you have any candies that are in the shape of a button? And the candy maker said no, but he said that's a really good idea for for a candy. So I will make up, he made a special, like, mold um, for button mold just for Lauren for this party, okay, and we had little mints in the shape of buttons, Leanne, <laughs> these little creamy, delicious mints that you could eat. So that was pretty good. Then, if that wasn't enough, we gave each of the guests that came, they got a little card. Of course, it had little buttons all over mm -hmm. the card. And they got some nail polish, you know, OPI nail polish. Yes. And guess what the uh, guess what the name of the nail polish was? No, it wasn't cute as the button. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's what I was going to guess. But this is even cuter, Leon. The name of the pink nail polish that each guest got as a as a little you know hostess gift was "It's a Girl." Oh my gosh, that's really cute! Isn't that really cute? That's <laughs> yes. what it totally nailed this uh, baby shower. <laughs> it was adorable, and most important, we had the beautiful pregnant Lauren. <laughs> who was enjoying herself. It was, you know, mainly her friends. And she has a, you know, she is, she has her own satellite sisters and they all showed up for her and they were all very excited. And, you know, a baby shower is a great old fashioned tradition. It you know, is. It hasn't, it hasn't really, um, you know, weddings, you know, we've talked about how weddings now, everybody wants to put, you know, their own mark on it. Um, but baby showers are pretty simple. It's usually women gathering. And, you know, this is, it's, you know, a very joyous and happy time before the birth of your child. And, you know, it's, you, a lot of times it's, it's still a girl event. I mean, I think it, you know, that's kind of sweet that way. And it's, it's a really fun thing to do. Multi-generational. It usually well, is, you know, aunts and grandmothers and stuff like that there. So that's nice too. Yes. Yes. So that was fun now, but you know, the big, um, the big issue was, my daughter-in-law, Lauren, is a crafter. Yes. And that she felt <laughs> Which that she is an issue in our family. No, we just can't. I'm so glad that we, we can't deliver. Yeah, we can't deliver on any front there. Um, so, so the big, so the big, so she wanted to do a crafting project at the shower. And she had the idea of have, getting onesies all in different sizes and having the guest, guests decorate the onesies. Very cute idea. Okay. Yes. 
terrifying to us, but it, it's cute <laughs> to most people. And I've talked about this on the show. And don't you know that um, one of our Satellite Sister listeners, Karen, really stepped up and she saved the day for me, Leanne. She sent me a message, you know this, that that she makes heirloom quality baby clothing. She told me that she told me that. And she said she would like to make a onesie for Lauren. And she came up with the idea because she knows that both Lauren and my son Will are in the art world that we maybe um, Matisse cutouts would be a good thing to put on the onesie. Holy That's cow. Like, Holy cow, Leon. <laughs> Holy cow. Okay, gets even better. Karen sends me four different designs to choose from. Holy cow, okay? <laughs> Now and now she has me and the onesie is on its way right now. So so I I told I revealed this to Lauren ahead of the shower. Well, I think her jaw just about dropped. She just did not think that I was going <laughs> to be able to go to that that extra step. But thanks to Karen, thanks to the satellite sisters, I made it happen. But that did not take the pressure off some of the, the other family members from our side of the family that came to the shower. This is, you know, these are the next gen. Right. This is Megan. This is Catherine. Uh, Sheila's daughter, Ruthie, was there. Our sister-in-law, Mary, came. As soon as they came in, they started, they said they were worried about what they were going to do on the onesies. <laughs> they were really worried. And I said, well, Megan, I thought you were going to go with Liz's idea to do, you know, a Derek Jeter um, you know, uh, pinstripe onesie. And she was, she was like, too many lines. I was sh- shaky hands, too many lines. Okay. I, and our, our, you know, Megan, Megan is a, is an attorney. She's an attorney. Yes. She's, uh, she's competitive. She's, uh, so she was so worried about this, Leanne. On the way over to the shower, she Googled, um, how to draw a son. Uh, so she watched a video of how to draw a son because she wanted to incorporate that into her idea. Okay. All right. But here the craft That is so revealing about our level of skills. And I you know, hmm. Okay. Maybe the only thing easier than a son, I think, is like a tulip. So yeah. a smiley face. All right. Okay. But she was ready, Leanne. So mm. that's what you gotta give her you gotta give her points. She was prepared. But here's the problem. The first couple, it wasn't really a problem, but it's a problem for our people. This was the problem. (laughs) The first two guests that came to the party that decided to start on the onesie project. One was a, she's a children's book author and illustrator. (laughs) (laughs) And the second woman is a graphic designer. Okay. Okay. So they went right over to the onesie table which again was cute as a button. It was all decorated and we had little tiny clothespins so you could hang up. Oh my gosh. Oh, Leanne, it was cute as a button. (laughs) Come on. Okay. But so the children's book illustrator, she just, she just put, laid down the gauntlet, Leanne. She freehanded this tiny little onesie in pink and orange, you know, pens. That's what they were drawing with, these special mm-hmm. fabric pens. We don't know where you get those. We don't. But I believe... Or they what can... they're called or whatever. They look like they're fabric Hobby pens. Lobby. They were from Hobby Lobby. That's yeah. a... so... don't, don't email us about where we got the supplies. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so she freehanded these teeny tiny pink and orange shrimp on the front and back of this onesie. I mean, you would like a dress in this, in this pattern. 
it was it was all symmetrical. It, I, I mean, it was amazing. And then the other girl, because she know she knows that Lauren likes to make wreaths, door wreaths. She did a whole wreath on the onesie, but it looked like embroidery, Leanne. Oh it, no, really? Oh my gosh, you looked at these. I mean, people went pale. They're like, oh, I don't want to do one. I don't want to do one. But my pe- our people, Leanne, they knew that that was that was the activity for the shower. So. They just took a big gulp of their lemonade. They went over to that onesie table and they all did onesies. Okay. <laughs> now, uh, in the meantime, other people have come in and they are doing these onesies. I mean, one woman did all these little bunny rabbits on it and somebody else did a big giraffe. Another woman had like a uh, like a, a hippopotamus in a tutu dancing. I mean, some one woman made like a jeweled neckline, you know, with uh, with it looked like a necklace on the onesie. I mean, they did it, you know, they had patterns and flowers i mean they were gorgeous but our people you know what they went with lynn they went with words that's the way to go good idea just words that's what they did they were i mean megan did put her son on it it was here comes the sun okay (laughs) oh that was very cute cute. okay very very concept i like it well written okay yeah sister-in-law mary she had a concept too she wrote I love my Nana. Um, um, <laughs> so, you know, I love that one. Okay. Okay. Uh, niece, uh, Ruthie, she, she wrote, hi, I'm a cute Brooklyn baby. <laughs> she went with the Brooklyn theme. Okay. You see what I'm talking about? And then Catherine, who was really getting a little, she was getting a little sweaty about it because she was going last, but I saw her. But she is from advertising, you know, before yes. she went into nutrition, she has an advertising background. So, yeah. Right. But I saw her conferring with Ruthie on what to do, and she came, She really pulled it out, Leanne. She made a little uh, onesie that said, my dad is Will Smith, <laughs> <laughs> which is my, my, my son's name. And then, she wrote, and then she had a little asterisk. Yeah, no, really. So she pulled it out. So there are all the onesies hanging up. Honey rabbits, giraffes, shrimps, hippos. And then our people, they came through with some really cute words on onesies. That, I'm impressed. Excellent. Oh, that sounds fun. That yeah. sounds fun. It, it was it was a great day. And, and just I encourage people to, I mean, go to showers. They're fun. I yeah. mean, that's a nice thing to do. It's nice to... It's nice to do for new parents um, because you certainly do need all the equipment and stuff. And there's a lot of new equipment, Leanne. I know. Since we were mothers. It's really fun. And and then we just, you know, sat around and opened the presents and and everybody could ooh and ah at things. And that, you know, it was was well done. It was well done. And then they took their little cookie, cookie, um, cookie, cookies and their button candies and their pink nail polish that says it's a girl and went home. Julie, I am proud. That sounds like a fantastic party. Well, you have thrown me nice book parties. You are really, uh, excellent at the sort of midday luncheon party. That's become a specialty of yours now. Well, I, 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 I give great credit, um, to my co-hosts, 
uh, Lauren's mother and sister, because they're the ones that really took the cute as a button theme and brought it up to the next level. I mean, it was just, uh, you know, I had a couple of buttons and a couple of button banners, but they really, they just, they nailed it, Liam. They really nailed it. So, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Excellent. Well, that is exciting. And the due date is late August, right? Late August. August. Okay. Late August. So we will keep keep you posted on all of that. Um, um, but um, the, but this baby has plenty of onesies. <laughs> right. Check. So, Does not need any more onesies. For so, oh, Darn, I was going to get her a onesie for a present. Do not send this child <laughs> a onesie. Okay. Uh, she's got she's got plenty. Hey, but we do have to just talk a little bit about some of the more serious news that was also going on at the same time, which is, you know, the tragic bombing of the Ukraine, uh, the uh, Malaysian flight over Ukraine. And, you know, I've been I've been thinking more about it. And, you know, the thing that I have said for a long time, you know, I mean, I'm not surprised this morning that the headlines are that you know, that they believe that the Malaysian air wreckage has been altered. They believe, you know, believe that maybe somebody may have tampered with the black boxes and, and much of the evidence. I was, I am not surprised at that. Um, and that was just so, uh, the families are so distraught. And so to see the footage of people pawing through the luggage and to hear the stories about, you know, the remains of people sitting there for three days, that was really heartbreaking. I mean, that just really makes you question humanity. I'll tell you that. That was really heartbreaking for me. I, I agree, Leanne. And it really exposes the brutality of you know of Putin and and really what a bully he is. I right. mean, he's a bully in the classic sense, Lynn. You know, he is just he's taken over Georgia, Crimea. You know, he's bullied Estonia, and now he you know wants to take over the Ukraine. You know, and he's just shooting down planes. And what does he do? He goes after non-assertive victims. Isn't that what a classic bully does? You mm-hmm. know, I mean, right. were these not the most innocent people in the know. you know you know going on bail? family holidays, vacations, just trying to do their business, take care of work, you know, I just, it is, but is, he is a master at it. And that's, that's what he's doing. And then nobody is standing up to him. He's, you know, he's demeaning and exploiting people. And, and now he's blaming Ukraine. Okay. And they've had, you know, you know, coverage of sort of the elaborate, lengths that he's going to blame it on Ukraine. He had uh, there had a general on Russian TV the other day that was showing this very detailed and technical map with flight paths, you know, all to prove that it was the Ukraine that shot the plane down, not Russia. So uh, just uh, it just is really, you know, it's he is pushing he's pushing, you know, sort of the free world, Europe, the United States or anyone you know, to the very limits because he, you know, he's called our bluff. He does not believe that we're going to stand up to it. And he's just going to continue this kind of bullying, you know, and that, um, that, you know, that so many innocent people should be treated, you know, with such disrespect, such disrespect. Yeah. Yeah, Such disrespect. And the Dutch were allegedly like kind of their only friends in Europe, right? (laughs) So actually, you know, for Russia, they were not a bad trading partner and sort of stood up for Russia several times. So I I just, it just was horrible to see the people just wandering over that crash site like it was, you know, a fire sale. 
Right. I mean, he could have sent in he could have sent in his own troops to secure the uh, location. He could have done all of those things, but he didn't want to. You know, he 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 wanted that brutality to play out on, you know, on world media. So this now people know who, you know. This is who you're dealing with when you deal with the Russians. So I know I know earlier in the spring I had made some claim. I said, let's just wait and see, you know, when he rolled into Crimea and, and took over Crimea, you know, and I said, well, let's just wait until the end of the summer and see, you know, where Putin is. And now look, you know, look what he has done. And and again, there is no deterrent to this. No one is stopping him from. You know, well, for, I don't know what the answer to that is. Do we? I don't. Want, I don't I, either. Lee. You know, I, I mean, I, that's that's what he's counting on. He's counting on that because you know it would require such excessive for, a force, right? It, nobody wants to do that, and you know, and the Europeans are afraid that their energy source is going to be cut off. So that's you know, so that's why that's why you're not hearing more about it. So the bully, you know, the bully continues. That's that's the sad part about that. And then strangely, I, you know, I know you talked about hot spots in the world, Lee, and this, mm-hmm. this past Sunday, you know, there was just news coming this morning that all the U.S. carriers that fly into Israel have canceled their flights because one of the Hamas rockets landed very close to the major airport in Israel. And, you know, that, you know, now the American carriers are really concerned right. about another plane being shot out of the air. Right. You know, I mean, it's, you know, you know, flying is is st- still so treacherous. And now this this idea that, you know, that missiles would shoot down commercial airlines. I mean, it really is, uh, you know, it's we are moving into a whole new world of, you know, of fear, it seems like. Yeah, it does. I mean, we have been through periods like this before where, you know, planes were hijacked and things like that. But there is something about the just shooting a plane out of the sky that seems like particularly heinous and terrifying. And why would you take that risk? Right. So... Well, Julie, I know people were interested to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, you know, people wanted to know right away what you thought. So I know that you'll be monitoring this for us. It's I, just I, I am glad that those uh, the families of the victims are going to get some closure when they get their their loved ones' remains back. But still, mm-hmm. it's a terrible situation. <laughs> terrible. All right. That was a little deep for a Tuesday show, but uh, people wanted to hear from you, Joel. So we wanted to talk about that. We're moving on to something uh, on the website that on our Facebook group page, uh, feel free to join us over at Facebook. We had a couple people join this week saying, all right, I'm finally giving in. <laughs> so, uh, Come on, it goes- just wait on in to the satellite sister group. It's not. It's a nice group of people. Lee, right. And it's just, it's an open. It's an open group. Yeah. yeah. It's an open group, so you could really sort of post anything you want there, and people usually do so with, uh, you know, I think good manners and uh, the spirit of sisterhood. So we've never had too many issues over there. And Maggie posted something this week. Um, that I can certainly relate to. And it was, uh, it was this, okay, so what do you do when the gap year becomes a gap forever? How do you let go of the dream of your child going to college and be okay with it as uh, being okay with it as they are just wondering. So Maggie's got a, I believe it's a son who graduated from high school last year, same year as my son. And, uh, now doesn't really have any plans for the future. In fact, Maggie said he seems 
further away from what he wants to do than he was a year ago. She adds, she's just praying and asking Mm. God to give Mm. me patience and understanding, which I totally understand. And, uh, and she just is wondering, um, I can relate to Yeah, she's just wondering when she's going to decide how and when to put her foot down. And um, so she wanted to know that. And there were some great responses on the Facebook page. And Julie, I'll read some of those. But I know when I initially uh, read this, I can so relate. Obviously, my son... um, took graduated from high school last year took a gap year he had deferred at a school and i thought he was all set to go there and then he decided in april that no he didn't want to go to a traditional four-year college um, which had been his option to play soccer he instead wanted to try his hand at an art school which meant (laughs) which meant like a whole nother round of applications and essays and sending in SATs and gathering a portfolio, which was a long and complicated process. And so part- you've been applying for, uh, for college with him for like how many years? It's now like two you? and a half years. Because <laughs> honestly, I mean, I, you know, and he keeps getting in places. That's not the problem. Uh, it's just <laughs> nailing down like the future. But really, because he was a recruited athlete, this started his junior year in high school. In fact, we've been applying so long. And I say we because it's we. I, I would like to <laughs> yeah, pretend. It's a, it's a joint effort. No. Let, if it is in most households, okay? I mean, yeah. the days of a of a 17 or 18 year old completely independently applying to, um, to college and university. I think those days are over. They're yeah. over. And, uh, so he, he's been applying so long, like Julie, we were actually to send his scores to uh, the school that he would like to attend in the fall. It, we actually had to pay an extra fee for the SATs because the scores were like older than 18 months old or something <laughs> like we had run out of cheap ones. And now they had to go into their quote archives. I was like, okay, this is the last time I am sending SAT scores anywhere. Um, but you know, Maggie, I feel for you because again, I would say my son has a vision of what he wants to do, but the execution, that's not necessarily there. I'm nagging him every day. Like, to get the portfolio in. Did you do this? Did you go up to the missions every day? And I don't get it, but I don't know if it's that the age. I don't know if it's just, he's not sure he seems convinced, but he doesn't actually want to do the work to get there. It's making me crazy. So Maggie, I can totally, totally understand. Like, and I had to put down this big deadline this week, he's he's supposed to, I said, you're going somewhere in the fall or else you're out on your own. Like we, you're, we're cutting you off financially if you don't either enroll at the community college or get your act together to get into this art school. And so then I had to say, he was, you know, hemming and hawing about getting the application in. And then I had to say, okay, that's it. If it's not in by the day you're supposed to register for community college, you're going to community college, which I'm fine with. But I was like, we can't let this go on and on. I'm not paying another registration fee at another college that you're not going to attend. (laughs) We've already done that. But it's making me crazy, Jewel. Yeah. And now... Did uh, several people on the Facebook group had comments and um, and uh, you know and advice sort of advice right Yeah, well, this was Terry had one. Consider your dream. Consider your dream was not your child's dream. All right, and that is hard. A child who is not interested in attending college won't be successful at college. You may need to redefine your idea of what success is. Have patience. Lots of nerve. And here's the hard one: no express judgment. 
Keep your fears to yourself. Your child may eventually see things your way, but it's more likely to happen if they don't feel like an I told you so is waiting on the horizon. So Terry, that is good. Yvonne seconded that saying, letting go of our dreams for our children is so hard, which is true. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I have to say it breaks my heart to know that he won't be playing soccer in college. I get, got very emotional yesterday when I saw his club team practicing and the team he used to play for. I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe he's not going to do that. I know this is what he thinks he wants to do, but I, I hope he doesn't regret that choice uh, down the line, that he didn't at least give that a go. But Cindy gave us this, uh, which made me feel good because it's not just boys. She said her daughter fiddled around through three years of college, changing schools three or four times losing credits and not really trying this despite many conversations about how choices now will affect life later (laughs) well it's later cindy says and she feels really stuck in a dead-end job and and cindy agreed i just have to remind myself that her choices are not my responsibility we all make our own path Right. I, I, that, they are going to do that. That's that's 100 percent right. I think now also you have the added layer that all these colleges and universities cost so much that, you know, that these are really costly um, changes of plans. And, and you know, I, I don't I don't want to use the word mistakes, but when you change, if you decide to change majors or change schools or you're not or you don't want to go to school you know, you, the financial burden is still there. Um, uh, you know, so that, that is, that's hard both on the, on the, on the person, not the child, but the person and on the parent, I think. So, well, uh, at least Maggie, you know, that's what you have going for you is that you haven't spent all that money or gone into debt to have them go to college and not succeed. Like that's like the one silver lining. I mean, there are many silver linings. Uh, I I feel like my son did an okay thing, but I keep saying it didn't cost us a dime. You know, he made his own money and he's made his own choices uh, because he lived at home and, and stuff like that. You know, that at least we didn't, he doesn't have an extra debt that he has to pay for a school he didn't complete down the line and we don't have that kind of resentment like but but at the same time i think there does need to be a cutoff time and that's what uh karen was saying it reminds her of the movie failure to launch with sarah jessica parker yeah uh she said she had some dear friends uh who had to sell their house and move because it was the only way to get their 29 year old adult (laughs) son to leave they told him there was no space in the new place. And then she said other friends have stopped making homes so comfy, stopped doing the laundry, buying favorite groceries, toiletries. And they told their daughter, here are the choices if you live here. Enroll in school full time, go to school part time and work, work full time. Uh, and they went, had to go to counseling to figure out what to do with it. So I, I can see that. I think, you know, the gap year started in Europe. And so it's more of a prescribed thing that you do this for nine months, but then you go on to university. Right. But I think here it's still, you know, this is, this is a new, you know, new idea. And, um, and that the time limit, you know, isn't, isn't quite as prescribed on the other side that, you know, you, you could do two years of gap, right? You right. Know, you could, you know, yeah, you could do 10. I mean, I was but, just walking with a friend of mine yesterday whose son also took a gap year and he, she said he's two months and counting. September 1, we cut him off and that's yeah, what we told us. Restaurants. Uh, and uh, this is what we can expect to see um, in restaurants. Uh, it's probably happening now in, in your neighborhood, the neighborhood of urban sweat lodges. You're probably <laughs> doing this already. 
But here are some of the big trends, and I wanted to get your reaction to it because uh, I don't know, Leanne. That's all I'm going to say. I don't know. Number one, the, one of the big trends you're going to see have, on menus is more duck. Have you seen this? Uh, uh, no, I have not okay. seen more duck. Okay, more duck. And when I mean more duck, I'm not just talking about like a duck dish. I mean the whole duck. You know how there was been the, in trendy food places, they they do the whole like pig or the whole, you know, cow and you're eating different parts of the pig and the cow that you would never have eaten like pork cheeks and you know, you know what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. that's they want to take that whole philosophy of like eating the whole thing and apply it to a duck. So you're not going to just get duck breast. You're going to have like duck beak, duck legs, uh, duck wings, duck, just a lot of duck. Legs. Okay. Okay. Ooh, duck so, beak. That sounds awful. Yes. Yeah, that, that sounds bad. That sounds really bad. Okay. So that, so I, uh, I'm out with that. I don't even like, I don't, I don't really like duck. Okay. I just, I know it's, it's popular. I don't like it. Okay. It's ducky. It's very ducky. Yeah. That's, I, I just don't. Okay. Now I like a chicken. Now here's the next thing. Okay. This is a bad idea. I just, I'm just telling you, I've never had it, but I know I don't like it. And that is dust. Okay. Have you had any food dust yet, Leanne? No. This is when you go to, you know, uh, you know, some place and they put on your plate, uh, dust that's made out of, um, ingredients like rosemary dust or maybe oh. olive dust or bacon and corn dust. You know, there was that there was a period where they started um, some rest fancy places would put foam foam. foam I've had. Yeah. yeah foam. I, I, if I see that on the menu, I want to just get up and walk out. <laughs> foam is not food. Okay, It's foam. OK, that is not a meal. Huh? You should not have to pay for foam. Huh? I feel the same way about dust. OK, it should not be on my plate. OK. <laughs> You know, maybe I have had dust on things, but I can no longer read the menus in most restaurants, so I just don't know. <laughs> I I I see one ba- oh swordfish. I'll take it. Like I don't know what it's being served with, but okay, I'll take it. Uh, and that's because you you think you need some reading glasses. Have you? Yes, reached I could. Yes. Okay. Oh yeah, I need them. Mm-hmm. You need them, but you're but you're avoiding them, right? You're just that's a longer them. story. It has to. My eyes are in a weird space. <laughs> Uh, okay. Just okay. We'll me. save that. We'll just yeah. say, I do trust you and we'll save that. Now here's something that I, I'd like to see more of lazy Susans that you, you see these in, in Asian restaurants right. all the time, but now that uh, a number of places, you know, this farm to table family style. So they're putting in lazy Susans so you can spin them around. But how do you feel about that land? You know, uh, it would have to be uh, a price appropriate restaurant. I don't really want to I, you know, having grown up in a big family, I don't really romanticize um, <laughs> eating with 10 other people the way other people do. I actually just like my own food in my own space. I don't really. In your own little corner? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. When I go out to dinner, I don't want to share. Okay. <laughs> you did too much sharing as a child. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, here's a flavor trend. Uh, are you pro or con licorice? Because you're going to be seeing more licorice, not only like in your coffees, in your beverages, but also on the plate that they're using it as a for sweet and savory dishes. Okay, no, I just, <laughs> I, really, I have I, just I, made up my mind and that mind says no. Okay. 
Okay. Okay. So that's right. So I'm, no. I'm not, if I see licorice on, on the menu, I'm, I am again, going to get up and walk out. I just, I like, you know, maybe once every 25 years, a piece of red licorice <laughs> or so, but I, I, I just don't need to have it. And here's an, another thing. It's sort of in the same category with foam and dust. A big trend in desserts, Leon, that you should look to be seeing is uh, fruit leathers. Oh. Now, you, you might know them as fruit roll-ups. Roll-ups, yeah. I, that okay. is... You're gonna, there is going to be some waiter in your future, very near future, who is going to spend, you know, like five minutes of your time giving you this very elaborate description about how the um, the pastry chef... It made this, you know, homemade fruit leather and that it's stretched and cooked and picked and it's, you know, all for your, you know, total enjoyment. But it's a fruit roll-up. <laughs> they are slapping fruit roll-ups on a plate and they're going to charge $15 for it. Which them. I don't even, I never even liked fruit roll-ups. They're you too did. sweet. I don't like all that sweet. I don't like, dried fruit is a little goes a long way for me. Okay. Okay. Well, so that's it. And here's a, here's another trend. Okay. I don't know when this, this was, I got this out of a food and wine uh, magazine. So obviously um, the recent, uh, recent events have not cut, um, caught up with, you know, this article was published before some of the news, more recent news has come out because they said one of the other big trends that a lot of restaurants are getting on the bandwagon with is Slavic food. That would be like, Russian, Russian, Ukrainian food. Yeah, I, I just don't think it's going to sell. Leon. I just there's even though cabbage can be delicious, I think if you have a Slavic restaurant, you're in big trouble right now. That's what I think. I think <laughs> cabbage can be delicious. <laughs> well, Julie, I did see one thing uh, last week: an article about restaurants, and this made me laugh. That New York restaurants are complaining now that they can't stick to their reservation times because people are spending so much time photographing their food before eating it, that dinners are taking longer and longer because everyone needs to photograph their food and Instagram it. (laughs) And then look at your Facebook feed. Go ahead, look, because half the things will be like, here's my lunch, here's this, here's that. And that is mucking up the restaurant reservation system all over in cities all over the world. I know. (laughs) Really, you have to take your time with your fruit leather picture. You just, you want to do that just right. Okay. All right. Uh, Well, we did try a new restaurant this weekend. And uh, again, here's the problem, you know, when you can't see anything, I just, the menu was so expansive but then it was like restaurant week in la um you know where they put together a three-course menu for a special price which i love those deals i do too so that was i just picked one of those because i simply couldn't read the other menu like and you you are entering a whole new chapter in your life this is you're gonna just the things you are gonna do to avoid wearing reading glasses i don't even care about the it's not even that simple i wish i could my eyes are in a weird like i try to get contact lenses to bridge that gap because mainly for work i don't i wear glasses a lot i don't have a vanity issue uh but the contact lenses that are supposed to bridge the gap and make me see closer but not far away don't do that so it's (laughs) No, it you're is, you're looking you're looking at bifocals, Liam. I know. 
It's the whole Leah, thing has been a disaster. You're going to springboard ahead of me. I got to just as the oldest sister. Yeah. No, I have I have bad like, eyes. I have bad eyes, and they've. But it's like they're almost not bad enough. Like that's. Don't ask. Anyway, okay. I'm going back. I bought a whole new set of glasses last year. I have yet to wear because they're too strong. So I don't. Don't ask. Okay. Never mind. Uh, all right. We want to wrap up here by doing a little bit of mailbag. Um, for, we covered Mia. Thank you for all the nice responses. She is a beautiful dog. Mm-hmm. And uh, she does bark her head off. But um, I love her. Gave her a nice bath this week. Okay. Uh, we, we have a couple of fashion debates continuing on the Facebook page. Capris and clogs. Yeah. Julie, uh, Sheila did a story this weekend on the show about 11 fashion trends that made you look older. Like yeah. dress, yeah. what, you know. Things that sort of screamed, you're old. And one was capris. And, uh, you know, those pants that wide leg capris were the ones they were specific about. Those pants that kind of hit middle of the calf. Which and are I, awfully comfortable. They're super nice to wear in the summertime. Yeah. Yeah. I took a strong stance against them, Julie. I just, I feel like people should have full leg pants on. And, uh, of course, well, men, maybe, yeah, but people took you down for that, right? Lynn, I and I'm fine. I'm fine with that. It's just, you know, because that's just something I believe. It's also something that Tim Gunn believes and Adam Glassman from O Magazine. <laughs> but, okay. but I just feel like. That's not a flattering look, but I'm, but I don't judge. If you want to wear it, wear it. If it's comfortable and cool to you and you love it, wear it. Just the way I enjoy floppy hats. Not everybody enjoys my bucket hats or my floppy hats. I don't care. Or clogs. Julie, we've had a long discussion. You're anti-clog. I'm very pro-clog. So that wear the capris, people. Wear them. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> and then uh, poor Alan Middleton, you know, Professor Alan listens yeah. to the show. He's also a comic book geek and does a um, – he actually does a podcast on his own about his um, his comic book um, uh, enthusiasm. I think mm-hmm. it's called the Quarter Bin Podcast. Professor Alan – Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure he will. So I mentioned that I was going to Comic-Con, Jewel, and I was concerned because so many of the tips and strategy sites that are written by comic book geeks mention how much Comic-Con smells. And uh, <laughs> that, you know, getting 15,000 yeah. comic book geeks in a room together for four days becomes Pretty sort of the, the land of the great unwashed. And yeah. Professor Allen just wanted us to know that he showers. So oh, uh, thank you, That's Professor important. Allen. I, I'm sure you do. I just meant your fellow, your fellow comic book geeks seem to actually revel in the no showering on their websites. And then finally, last weekend show... Um, I, when I post the show, we go through a distributor called Libsing and I have to do all this back end stuff besides the editing. I have to do the descriptions. And one of the buttons is like uh, for clean or explicit, or you can do uh, TV rating, uh, like, t- like, you know, PG 13, you know, an R 17. So I mistakenly hit um, explicit on last week's podcast as opposed <laughs> to clean. Uh-huh. People were really looking forward to an explicit podcast. I mean, right away, I got questions about like, what's in this that's so explicit? And then others, when I clarified like, oh, sorry, I just hit the wrong button and iTunes registered that. Um, other people were disappointed that they they said they had listened through and were hoping for some explicit uh, sort material. Of shades of gray. Yes. We were gonna... <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's just something to keep in mind creatively as we move forward, Julie. I mean, mm-hmm. I think you've gone uh, a bridge to, you, uh, not a bridge too a bridge far. too you've... far, you think? Well, I, I, you, some of my word choices. Yeah. Some I mean, subject choices. I, yes. I think because it's coming out of your mouth, it seems less explicit. So, 
<laughs> so I'm just saying we may want to consider that. There seemed to be, um, you know, some interest in us delivering up some explicit material. <laughs> well, of course, we're not serious. No, we're not serious at all. That's uh, we we would not do that. We know uh, we know that we have all age groups that listen to the show and all taste levels. And, uh, I also uh, don't think we're qualified to really uh, <laughs> in any way. Uh, to uh, to create an explicit show, Leanne. I think you're right. right? You're right. Am I right about that? Let's face it. Yeah. Yeah. Our okay. show. If there was a rating for cute as a button, that would be our right. Cute as a You've button. You've got clogs on, and I'm wearing capris. So uh, there you have it. <laughs> all right. What are you doing this week, Jill? Anything? You must be, uh, you know, resting up. <laughs> I, I'm putting away all my buttons. That's uh, <laughs> that's the first thing I'm doing, Leanne. Um, uh, yeah, I've got some projects, some um, about home home projects here, but no, no big public speaking events. I want to go see that movie about uh, boyhood. That's oh, that's that on, is getting great reviews. That is on my list. So I, that I am, um, I'm working on organizing a date night with uh, with my husband, and we're gonna we're gonna go see that movie. Yeah. Okay. I mentioned Monica and I both saw Begin Again this weekend too. That's a good date movie. That's okay. the singing movie with Kira Knightley. You mm-hmm. know, by the director of Once. Also excellent. You'll enjoy that. Uh, Um, well, we have, uh, I'm going to Comic-Con taking Colin on Friday, 36 hours in San Diego, but then tomorrow night, um, at at the Rose Bowl, which is right next to us, Manchester United is playing. Oh (laughs) yeah. Uh, So, uh, so when you you first said the Rose Bowl, I was like, Leon, you're performing at the Rose Bowl? No, no, I'm done performing anywhere, uh, till October. I don't have anything till October, but, um, no, Man U is there playing, uh, the LA Galaxy. So, um, so, and then tonight they have an open practice that anyone can go to for $20. It's a fundraiser. So I'm actually going to the open practice tonight. And then uh, Barrick and Brooks are actually going to the game tomorrow. So, because tickets were kind of expensive. So I'm happy just to see them run around on the field. That's good enough for me, being an Arsenal fan. Uh, but, you know, when Man U is in the neighborhood, you just, you got to show up. So. Hey, that's it. But All they're right. expecting yeah, 100,000 people. I mean, they've essentially like shut down the whole area. They're expecting it to be completely packed and full uh like it was when they the number one sports franchise in the world manchester united aren't they very close between man u and barcelona okay but But yes they are like they're in the top three with the yankees uh the you know uh man u and barcelona yeah okay Okay. And I just saw that they were valued at still less than what that idiot's going to pay for the Clippers. So, <laughs> I mean, if Manu... Wait, don't you... go there today, Lane. Okay. Don't just get you upset. We'll steam up, we'll steam up your glasses and you won't be able to see anything. I know. It's, believe me, I am in a bad space. With my eyes. All right. Well, have a fantastic week. So, um, yeah, I think we'll be doing a show this weekend. I I can't guarantee. Okay. We're we're on. We are on for this weekend. All right. Well, have a great day, Jewel. And don't forget, call your satellite sister.